Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Are you ready? 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 Honey, love has come and gone, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Hello, divas and dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to celebrate Diva Talk Radio's four-year anniversary with you tonight with a special Diabetes Roundtable podcast inspired by Esther Williams. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and I hope tonight's podcast is a sure thing to helping empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment and acknowledge all the talented people who have worked on this program, including the diabetes educators, beauty and fashion experts, chefs, poets, celebrities, friends, and family members whose expertise, support, and insight have been invaluable to me in promoting a glam more, fear less attitude about living with diabetes. I truly appreciate all of you who are listening, too. When, I, when my former boss, Luther Vandross, died of diabetes health-related complications back in July 2005, I made a decision to give up my career in entertainment, and I started working in diabetes outreach. I founded Divabetic in the hope of inspiring Luther fans from around the world to learn how to prevent a diabetes health-related complication such as stroke from occurring. The fact that so many of you tune in each month to this podcast has made my feelings of regret and loss over Luther's untimely death much easier to deal with. It's truly been a joy to laugh a little and learn a lot with you over these past four years. Thank you for your support. Now, in honor of our fourth year anniversary, I thought I'd take a minute and read some letters from our Diva Talk radio mailbag. All right, here we go. Our first letter is from Julie in Hollywood, Florida. Hi, Julie. Dear Mr. Divabedic, congratulations on your four-year anniversary. Please tell me who is your favorite all-time diva. Oh, my gosh, I wasn't expecting that question. All right, my favorite all-time diva. Um, Well, my favorite all-time diva is Pat LaBelle because she's so ferocious in the way – living out loud with her attitude, and she's actually the one who inspired me to create Divabetic. And Mother uh, Love was actually the first celebrity diva to kind of embrace Divabetic, wear my T-shirts, and kind of promote our happy, healthy attitude. But probably for me, one of my um, real-life divas who inspires me every month has got to be Mama Rosemarie. That's my mom. And uh, it's always a pleasure to work side-by-side with her and my father on Divabetic, and her encouragement and support has meant the world to me and probably over the most recent years has been the thing that's kind of lifted me up when I've gotten down and wanted to get diva and made me go on and want to keep bringing you more and more outreach. So all three divas are probably my favorite divas. How's that for that answer, Uh, Julie? Our next letter is from Tyler in Santa Clara. Dear Mr. D, oh, she's shortening my name. I love this. I recently saw you at the Taking Control of Your Diabetes Conference in California, and I've been listening to the show ever since. What's been your favorite topic to discuss on the podcast? (laughs) Oh, um, wow. I I started the podcast because I wanted to promote 
our game, Diabetes uh, Numerology, which was a way I thought to get people to talk about how to troubleshoot highs and lows. But if I had to talk, uh, discuss a topic that was my favorite, I think the one that really uh, meant the most to me was when we talked about domestic violence. I never thought in my life that if I did a diabetes podcast, I'd be talking about that subject matter. And yet we've, we've talked about it at least three times, and I think it's so... It's been so insightful for me to know so many people living with diabetes who've also experienced domestic violence and to have them feel like Divabetic is a safe place where they could come and share that experience and we could, together we could learn more and we could find the resources and the support we need to overcome that. So I think for me that has always stood out as something that was really a milestone in our history with this radio show is being able to tackle topics like that, bring in the experts, bring in people to tell their real-life stories and help encourage someone who's listening right now maybe to take action and make a change, not only with their health but also with their home if, if it's something like that and they're in danger or someone they love is in danger. So thank you for those letters, everyone. If you want to write to me, you can email me at mrdivabetic at gmail.com. That's mrdivabetic at gmail.com. Now let's get on with the rest of the show. My guests tonight are the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, Best-selling author Brenda Novak, poet Lorraine Brooks, Matthew Kirkland, Mama Rose Marie, Leslie from New York City, and the one and only Divabetic Image and Style Advisor, Catherine Schuler. Tonight's podcast is inspired by the multi-million dollar mermaid, Esther Williams, who passed away recently at the age of 91. Esther is probably the most famous swimmer in history who never participated in the Olympic Games. She often spoke of movie stardom as her consolation prize for not being able to compete in the 1940 Olympics because they were canceled due to World War II. I think Esther Williams deserves a gold medal for the way she glamorized exercise. That's right. She's estimated she swam over 1,250 miles in front of the cameras, and she did it like a diva, in full makeup with sparkles and in a swimsuit. So why not let Esther Williams inspire you to get more active in a glamorous way this summer? Buy yourself a new swimsuit, throw on some lipstick, and take a water aerobics class and release that inner mermaid or merman in you. And if you want to see a real-life mermaid, why not check out my latest video at the Mermaid Parade in Coney Island, available on YouTube. Now, before we get things started, I'd like to encourage you to show your support for our dazzling brand of diabetes outreach by no donating today at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh a little, learn a lot with Diabetes Roundtable. You know, I was so excited to read those letters, I forgot to tell everyone I'm hosting tonight's show wearing my favorite Aussie bum swimsuit because tonight we're talking about diabetes body image and the summertime. And, you know, of course, Esther Williams felt confident wearing a swimsuit, but how about you? Did you know... Everybody that only one in five women ages 18 to 34 feel confident in swimsuits, particularly bikinis. And even more surprising to me, I think, is the fact that six out of ten women who are the most comfortable with their bodies in a swimsuit are, are at age 59. So I guess Suzanne Summers had something, uh, wasn't the only one who thought 60 and sexy was sexy. <laughs> So here to talk more about body image, swimsuits, going on a cruise, living with diabetes is my first guest, poet and TV host, Lorraine Brooks. 
Hello, Lorraine. Hey, Max. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for celebrating our fourth year anniversary. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm honored. Now, I really wanted to have you on the show. I know when I told you the concept was Beauty and the Beach, you had some hesitation because of uh, how you feel about wearing a swimsuit, and I know you went on a cruise. So tell us a little bit first about your experience on uh, going on a cruise with diabetes. Well, I went on a cruise, as you know, recently uh, last month in June. I went on a cruise to uh, my favorite place on Earth, which happens to be Bermuda. And uh, it was a seven-day cruise, and as you know, on the ship there are always, not only is there a lot of fun and a lot of activities and things to do, but there's also a lot of food. There's food everywhere all the time, day and night. And it's it's a bit of a challenge sometimes to make uh, good choices, but I think I did pretty well. I, um, You know, there's always um, no sugar-added uh, choices for dessert, and I ate a lot of salads and a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, and uh, I actually walked around the deck on the um, jogging track a few times. So I think I did pretty well, all things considered, and I had a ball. Right. So you didn't feel deprived. You felt diva. I did not feel deprived at all. I f- not only did I feel diva, but I was doing my favorite thing, which is cruising, and I was going to my favorite place, and uh, I, I just had a wonderful time, and I did. Um, I, I made good choices. I love it. Now, one thing you didn't mention, though, is you didn't go swimming. So I know when we were talking about Esther Williams swimsuits, this really brought up a lot of things, emotions for you. Tell us a little bit about your hesitation about going swimming. You know, Max, I... I, I I'm so glad you asked me to write a poem for tonight's show because it wasn't easy. And my first thought or my first inclination was I didn't want to do it, and I I told you that. I I thought that maybe uh, I was not the right person to write a poem because I know you try to be upbeat and you you want us all to be uh, diva-like. And um, the truth of the matter is it's very difficult for me to... Um, be comfortable in a bathing suit. I I was on this seven-day cruise, and I didn't put on a bathing suit once the whole time. So for me to write this poem, it did kick up a lot of emotions, and you and I talked about it. And um, what happened was it was good, I think, for me to put it down on paper and, and be honest about how I really feel. And I think what happens is a lot of people feel the way I do, and um, maybe they just, uh, like me, need a voice or need a, a place to feel safe and say it out loud. Because I think we all struggle with our body image, whether we have a weight issue or not. No, you're right. And I want to be honest, Lorraine. You know, when you told me about the idea of uh, body image and swimsuits and why you didn't really want to wear one, it, it kind of hit home with me because I've been living with psoriasis for over 20 years, and I probably loved swimming as much as Esther Williams. I was a lifeguard. I was on the swim team. I swam my whole life with my family down at Hilton Head Island. I I think my mother will testify later on in the show that they couldn't get me out of the water. But when I had a severe breakout on my back, shoulders, and abdomen, I did not want to take off my shirt, which meant I did not want to go swimming, which is something I really loved in my life. So for about seven years... I would say I was dry docked. I never went swimming. And then one day, finally, I just thought, you know what? Life is too short, (laughs) and I'm going to go swimming. So I I told my friends. We went down the Jersey Shore. Um, I bought a new swimsuit. I was very excited. And sure enough, I've got to be honest with everyone listening. The minute I took off my shirt and exposed my psoriasis, a total stranger looked over at me, started gawking, and said, what is that? 
And the reality of my biggest fear of someone thinking I was too ugly to be seen in a swimsuit at first just horrified me. But two seconds later, I just let out a laugh and thought, is that as, good as, it is that as bad as it's going to be? And from that minute on, I got up and I ran to the water and I've been going ever since. And the I irony of this whole situation is, do you know that sunlight and, and ocean water or salt water, I don't know why, I'm not a medical doctor, I want to say that clearly, but that helped clear up my skin. So in some way, when I overcame my whole issues around myself and my psoriasis, it actually rewarded me by kind of clearing up my skin. And a lot of those days during the summer, it was completely gone. That's wonderful, uh, Max. I'm I'm kind of totally the opposite from you in that way, though I've never really been a beach or water person. Um, and maybe that's because I never felt comfortable in a bathing suit. I don't know which came first. But, um, you know, that, that's, again, the reason I, I'm glad I wrote the poem and I'm glad I'm having an opportunity to read it is because I think that's the first step in, in healing yourself is saying it out loud or just doing what you're afraid to do. So I actually thank you for uh, for asking me to write this and for giving me the opportunity to say some things that um, were hard to say. All right. Well, we're ready to hear it, Lorraine. Thank you. Max, my, my poem is called Beauty and the Beach. And it goes like this. I'm not Esther Williams. I'm not even close. My body in bathing suits feels clumsy and gross. I look at the swimmers and look at the pool and suddenly feel like a fat, ugly fool. I try to ignore them, these feelings I feel, but the bottom line truth is the feelings are real. Where Will I wear a bathing suit? Probably not. I'll probably stay in my clothes and feel hot. I've tried, please believe me, to listen to those who tell me it's okay to take off my clothes. Then I look at others, and what comes to mind? I sense they're judging me and being unkind. I wish I was comfortable. I wish I fit in. I wish I was normal. I wish I was thin. I wish people saw me for more than my weight. I wish that I had a much different fate. So hats off to Esther, who swam like a fish, who by all accounts was a beautiful dish. But I am not Esther. I'm all I can be. And sometimes I struggle just being me. One more small thing, I must say it out loud. If I had a body of which I was proud, if tank tops and two pieces were within my reach... I'd be more than happy to join you at the beach. I would be honored to join you at the beach. And Thank I appreciate you, you sharing that insight into that. And I know that was a personal, uh, you know, you put so much of your own personal emotions and experiences into it. I just have to ask, Lorraine, before you leave, what, how do you think your body image has affected your care of your diabetes? I I I want to say it really hasn't um because I'm pretty diligent and I'm pretty uh on top of things and in control of things. I think the thing that it probably makes me feel more than anything else is that I just wish that all of the care and all of the attention that I paid to my diabetes would have some effect on my weight and it doesn't seem to to do that. So 
I'm not sure how, you know I'm not sure how they're connected or or how much they're connected but uh I try not to let either thing stop me from doing the other so that's about the best I can say I I just try to do the best I can live a healthy life my doctor tells me I'm fine all my blood work is good my numbers are good and um so I just have to be myself and do the best I can and I want to just say one one more thing before I go you just said a statistic about women in their late 50s or um uh-huh. who feel more comfortable in bathing suits. And I have to tell you, I'm 61, and um, I think that what happens to you when you get older is that you just realize, as you said, life is too short to worry about things that really don't matter. And so I think that's why older women probably feel more comfortable. I think they just have realized and they've lived long enough to know that, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like as long as you're you got a good soul and you got a good spirit and you're doing what you want to do. So I just wanted to give a plug to all the sixty year old women out there. Oh, all right, they're sexy. We love it. <laughs> Thanks for joining our Beauty and the Thank Beach you, celebration Max. tonight, Lorraine. Thank Coming you. Coming up, everybody, it's time to don't get down, get diva, because my one and only diva bedding image and style advisor, Catherine Schuler, is here joining us now. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Max. How are you tonight? I'm fine. I'm I'm wiping out the tears from my eyes from that poem. I loved it. Well, it's like I Maya know. Angelou. <laughs> and you know, you're such a big um, spokesperson for the plus size community. How, do you do you feel a lot of women share what Lorraine's sentiment was in the poem? Absolutely, and you know the thing is, is that it's it, you feel so exposed, and you feel like all your jiggly bits are for the world to judge, and you know there it's really not that important if you have the right suit and a great cover up, and you know you have um, you know uh, a great hat on. I, I'm I'm all about beach accessories, and I'm all about being a diva. At the beach so i don't get down i i get in the water and i uh, you know i i'm out there and i'm extremely um fashionable even and in, in the in the uh whatever whatever part of your life you're enjoying fashion goes with everything all right well i gotta ask you Catherine, because i've been reading all the blogs the newest swimsuit making waves is nicknamed the fat kini Mm-hmm. Partially designed by plus-size blogger Gabby Gregg, Gabby said she really wanted to design a bikini, bikinis that were stylish, young, and fresh, because she feels that plus-size swimwear is frump- frumpy and mainly designed to cover you up. Have you seen this bikini, and what do you think about it? Yeah, I've seen it, and, and I, I love the tagline that, that you don't have to be a size 2 to wear a two-piece. Um, and I, you know, I, I feel as though it's well designed. It's got, a, it's got a lot of structure because obviously the um, the the top has to have have inner cut and sew uh, bra inside of it so that you're held properly, and a higher waist. So it has a little at retro Esther Williams kind of feel to it, where uh, it's a, it's a little more stylish. It's not a bikini with a you know with the Kate Upton kind of uh, string that you see on a Sports Illustrated model. It's actually designed to be a little more substantial, but the midriff is the thing that's the real bugaboo for plus-size women. They feel that the tummy is the end of the world, and it's the last, um, you know, place that 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 is, you, you know, there we have fat aprons and all this other stuff that we've got going on with the tummies, and it it holds you in. So that's one of the reasons why the high-waisted, um, much like Connie Elder's high-waisted capri shapewear, holds you in with uh, the um, uh, lipo in a box. 
this suit holds you in, and it actually is a little bit more of a retro feel. And I understand her galaxy um, uh, pattern is actually out of this world. I mean, it's it's completely sold out. So it's obviously resonated with maybe a little younger crowd, too, who, you know, doesn't mind. Uh, I, I don't call them plus size. I call them bodied. You know, they really aren't. They haven't had enough years to really hate their bodies. They want to show them off. So I think, uh, you know, it's a, and she's young. Gabby's in her 20s, and, you know, she's a she's not a size 12, 14 like most of the models are. She's pr- pr- probably an 18, 20, maybe even a 22. So the fact is is that she's flaunting, flaunting it, and she's gotten a lot of letters saying, you know, I love that you, you wore it. You wore it. I felt like I could do it. So there's a lot of inspiration in that suit and that message. And, you know, she, she's been on Good Morning America, and even the broadcasters weren't ridiculing and saying, oh, what, what what's somebody like that doing in a suit? They they realize the time has come. And but I have to you interrupt know, you, Catherine, because I was just reading Wendy Williams' blog, and she just announced that a full-figured Missouri woman allegedly was kicked out of a swimming pool for wearing a bikini. She's been trying to lose weight for years. Madeline Schaefer from Independence, Missouri, was swimming at Adventure Oasis Water Park, and she was in a bikini, and she said employees were discriminating against her by asking her to cover up and leave. So, I mean, a lot of women out there, this is a real challenge to get a swimsuit. I'm wondering, it seems like there aren't that many options for women. I know we just talked about the fat bikini, but what are some of the options for plus-size women in swimwear if they don't want to wear a bikini? Yeah, I you know I really feel probably um, the one piece suit uh, does uh, in the mallet the the third piece the little skirt teeny the tank teeny there are lots of teenies out there and uh, you know the 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 uh, shape of the suit and the pattern of the suit and the structure of the suit is what you want to go for and you know really whatever you're most comfortable in. The, you should buy a suit the way you buy a cocktail dress, a form-fitting cocktail dress, so that it really is form-fitting and shapely and holds you in. There are even bras. There are actually swim bras that you can wear that in, in case your bathing suit doesn't have enough structure to it, you can wear that because you still want it, you know, have that, have that, um, your uh, bust up off of your waist and, and and keep the same line that you do under your clothing. Uh, and that's the, the rule of thumb, you know, no matter what you're wearing so that, you know, you're not short-waisted, you're low-busted. You want to lift them off of your waistline. And, you know, I'm, I've been researching some, some of the swim bras and, you know, for the little, for the more D and double D uh, customer those are a great tool to add to your wardrobe and to the beach, your beach attire. What resource? Tell us a quick resource, and then we're running out of time. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, Swimsuits are All has a lot of great uh, suits and a lot of great uh, um accoutrements, you know, extra stuff that you can get for under, underneath suits. So that's one of my favorites. And also Always For Me is one of our, 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 our famed supporters and sponsors through the years. So have have a great time at, at the beach and wear sunscreen, sunblock, cause, because the, the sun is not what it used to be. I got a bad burn down in Hilton Head, and it was just because I didn't have the proper sunblock on when I was biking. And that, that sun is strong these days, so 
take care of your skin right. as well and, and as your thanks diabetes. for being the ambassador of our Glamour philosophy. You're welcome, Max. All right, have a good night. Bye. Now, how about you divas and dudes out there who want to wear a swimsuit and you just want to read? Well, guess what? I have got a best-selling author from the New York Times and U.S. Today who's using her fame not only to write fabulous books, which I just read, but she's also raising awareness as well as funding for diabetes. Yes, this dual diva, as I like to call her, is joining the show. Please welcome Brenda Novak. Hello, Brenda. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Well, you're a phenomenon, and I had to have you on my fourth year anniversary because you truly are so incredible in what you're doing. You've you've created an online auction for diabetes research that happens every May, Uh, and I know you've raised an excessive amount of money, which is phenomenal, but I want to know first and foremost, why is diabetes so important to you, Brenda? Well, my son was diagnosed with type 1 when he was 5 years old. He's now... uh, 16. So we've been um, fighting that battle for 11 years. And as soon as he was diagnosed, I wanted to do something to fight back. I felt such passion and such such emergency. I just really wanted to do something to protect my child and all the others that were out there. I mean, it was something that hadn't been on my radar before, but once I learned about all of the possibilities, what can happen, the worries that, that parents go through and those who have diabetes, I wanted to do something to fix it. And it took me a couple years to decide what I could do because I had you know, five children and a fledgling writing career, was writing three books a year, which I'm now doing almost four. Um, So I I just needed to, you know, I kept telling myself, there'll be a time and a season, and and then I'll think of something. And I just, I put a lot of prayer and thought into it and just racked my brain and decided, finally, I, I got this great idea to do an online auction and try and encourage those who visit my website, the traffic I had established at my writer's site, to participate and help me. And not only that, I, I reached out to everybody in the publishing industry that I was familiar with. So all the, the major publishers, their editors, um, the, the most influential agents in New York and elsewhere participate. So it's really a coming together of the whole um, romance community particularly, but also there are others from the thriller community and and women's fiction, and but just not it's not quite as saturated there yet. I'm working on that. Um, anyway, so it's just a big coming together every May. It lasts for a month, and we um, do what we can to fight back. And so far, we've raised you over gave $2 away million. like so you, people could bid on like tickets to see Celine Dion. I mean, it's really grown. You could win a, a something with Brett Michaels. But then these writing, if you're if people are out there and interested in learning to write or have written a book. You also offer like one-on-one dinner conversations with uh, writers, I mean with established authors like yourself, is that correct? That's right. We have mentoring packages. Um, There are so many fantastic opportunities on there. And I decided that, you know, in order to get people to donate, they'd probably donate more if it was also in their self-interest and I wasn't relying completely on public virtue. Um, So I try and make it a win-win where they get something that they wouldn't get anywhere else and that would, you know, advance their career or an experience that isn't easy to come by, such as meeting Celine Dion or Brett Michaels after their concerts, um, and, and tried to put something out there that would really excite people and drive traffic to the site and drive excitement and, and get people to jump in and get involved. Well, you know, I have to say, Brenda Lee used to be my favorite diva Brenda, but now it's Brenda Novak. You are amazing <laughs> in what you're doing. I know that this oh, year you, you were trying to reach a monumental I'm uh, raising a monumental amount of money, and I'm wondering how much money did you raise with the 
Brenda Novak, Diabetes Online Auction. Well, this last year was our biggest year yet. We raised 360000 which pushed us over $2 million for a cumulative total. And when I first started this, my big goal in my mind, what I would think of when I would lay down to go to sleep at night and, you know, struggle with how can I achieve this, was to raise a million dollars in my lifetime. So to think that we have doubled that is something that is um, amazing to me, and I'm very humbled and grateful for the help that I've received. I think it's phenomenal. I have to ask you, as a mother of a son living with type 1 diabetes, I mean, was one of the biggest issues or challenges for you uh, sending your son to school? Because so many of the schools today, the employees and the health care providers don't really know that much about diabetes. Well, not only that, but they're they're not friendly to helping out, and it's been a it was a sad thing for me when my son was first diagnosed. Um, they would not help at all at the school. They refused to um, let him carry his tester kit with them. They wouldn't test him. They wanted me to drive down to the school each time he needed to be tested, and he was just a kindergartner. So that was my only three hours to work. So it was very difficult um, trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do to take care of this child while he was at school and. You know, thanks to the diabetic community who reached out to me and tried to help me and tell me, you know, this is what you have to do in order to get them to comply. Um, you know, for years uh, I had my older siblings were the ones that were trying to take care of him. Um, and then I had a friend who worked at the school that eventually said, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. But even the secretaries in the office, they wouldn't just look over and say, yeah, honey, you know, that's your number, call your mom and tell her what it is, and she'll tell you, you know, which needle, because I, I had three different needles, and that those were the three amounts he most often needed, and if it fell outside that, then I would drive down. And nobody nobody would help. So it was really a, an upsetting thing. I remember being in tears quite often at the school because of their inflexibility and unwillingness to help out. I mean, I felt like had, if he needed, you know, um, Ritalin or some kind of behavioral drug, they would have lined him up immediately and popped that in his mouth. But because he needed, you know, something life-saving, that they felt like they could be liable for in some way. They didn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. So it was very frustrating and upsetting. And somehow you managed to write three books a year while that was going on. It's incredible to me. <laughs> I can't believe yeah, it. Now well, you have, you're celebrating a big uh, release party coming up at the end of July. You have a new book coming out, Home to Whiskey Creek, correct? That's the fourth book in your new Whiskey Creek uh, series? That's right. It's a small-town contemporary romance series, and it's set in a, a gold country town, which is not far from where I live, and those are just these darling little towns that, that fall along Highway 49 that were founded back in Gold Rush days. And so, and they look like, they still look the same almost. It's, it's amazing. It's like going back in time, you know, a century and a half when you go visit them. There's some quaint bed and breakfasts and the old-time, you know, stores with the the uh, walkway in front and the overhangs, and it's just, they're really neat places, and I wanted something that was very atmospheric and cool when I was choosing a setting for these stories, and I feel like I've found it um, with my fictional Whiskey Creek, you know, which is modeled after Sutter Creek or Jackson or Amador City and those types of towns. Well, and I want to let everyone know, I just finished your uh, When Snow Falls, uh, that's part of the Whiskey Creek series, I could put it down. I think it's a great summer read, and uh, but really? Brenda, you have you have a couple books you want to recommend for summer reads. What are they? Yes, um, I've actually got that they're on my list, and one is Gone Girl by Julian Flynn. Um, if you're into sort of uh, mysteries and thrillers, that one looks really good. I know it's gotten some great reviews. Um, anything by Susan Elizabeth Phillips is always a delight. She's one of my favorites. 
Uh, let's see. I know that Ender's Game is going to be coming out, and for those who haven't read that, that's kind of the quintessential science fiction novel that's a classic. Um, Game of Thrones, of course, if you're watching the series, uh, you might want to pick up the books. I'm reading it right now. Did you read it? Aren't they amazing? Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh, everyone. I'm Love. not a sci-fi fan, and I can't put the book down. Oh, I didn't know you were yeah. a Game of Thrones fan. I'm going to have to call you later tonight and just talk, talk, talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I love it. And anything by Sandra Brown, if you like thrillers. Um, so that, that's on. That's my reading list for the summer. Wow. Well, we, we share some in common. And again, you know, you want to get uh, Brenda Novak's newest book, Home to Whiskey Creek. I hope there's a sequel to the characters in When Snow Falls because you've got me uh, rooting for them right now. I have to tell you that. Definitely. You will see them again in the other books. That was actually number two in the series. So um, number three is When Summer Comes. That's a nice summer read, too. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining tonight's show. We loved having you be a guest. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everything you're doing to help out those with diabetes. All right, everybody. That was best-selling author Brenda Novak. Straight ahead, it's time to meet two of the sexiest educators from around the country. They're smart, they're sexy, they're the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Ooh la la. Right. We love having these ladies on the show. Please welcome to the show. Oh, we've got three. I'm sorry. We've got Kathy Gold from D.C. Hello, Kathy Gold. Hi, Max. Congratulations for your four-year anniversary. Thank you. We've got the leader of the Diva Better Club, Neva White. Hi, Max. How are you? Hi, Neva. And joining the panel tonight is a fitness diva. I love Audrey Hepburn. I'm celebrating all the divas on my fourth anniversary. So I'm bringing in uh, Breck Fitness with Tiffany, Tiffany Savion. Hello, Tiffany. Hi there. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thanks for being a part of the show. Absolutely, my honor. Thank you. And um, Tiffany, I know you're wearing a swimsuit. Thank you for celebrating <laughs> our beauty in the beach tonight. We appreciate that. Absolutely, I am. Tell everyone a little bit about Fitness at Tiffany's. So Fitness at Tiffany's came about uh, when I was relatively young. I lost my mother uh, to a heart disease, and I found this passion in teaching women just how sexy it is to be healthy and whole. Um, how to live a blissful life and shine light on eating clean and moving your body and the best way that it works for you instead of how it works for other people and just reminding women how beautiful they are and that they can do anything they, they put their minds to. So I'm just, it's just a place to just shine light on, on happiness and healthiness. All right. I appreciate it. And I love Aniva White. We've got a big schedule coming up. This fall in Philadelphia, and of course, Kathy Gold, I'm going to see you at the Bethesda Central Farm Market, Central Farm Markets at Labor Day weekend, big Bethesda pie contest in Bethesda, Maryland. <laughs> That's a tongue twister, everybody. <laughs> now, Angels, are you ready for your hot topic? Woo! Ole, 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 ole. I love that. All right, here it is, everybody. Obesity has been called many things, an epidemic, a major health problem, and an urgent chronic condition. But is it a disease? The American Medical Association, which is the largest physician organization in the nation, has decided that it is. Kathy Gold, one in three American adults is obese, and the rate of obesity in children has nearly tripled over the past 30 years. 
Experts have warned that kids today may be the first generation in history to live shorter lives than their parents. Do you feel that recognizing obesity as a disease will help change the way the medical community tackles this issue? Max, I think we need to do whatever we can to raise awareness. And I think maybe with making obesity a diagnosis, then doctors may feel a little bit more obligated to address it with patients because a lot of times I think patients don't have any idea that they're overweight. Uh, You know, no one really addresses the issue to them. And it's such an important issue. Uh, I think the other thing is that hopefully maybe now insurance companies are going to cover since we do have a diagnosis, maybe they're going to be more generous in coverage coverage some of the treatments that are out there to to treat diabetes or to treat obesity. Uh, You know, obesity can cause lots of problems. You know, it can cause diabetes. It can aggravate um, arthritis. It can cause sleep apnea, heart disease. Then, you know, in a lot of what you discuss about people's self-esteem. So to realize that um, it's more than just, People don't want to be obese. They don't want to overeat. This is an issue that needs to be addressed, and we need to help people make changes. It's not easy um, to change behavior. Um, so I, I'm hoping that maybe with having this as a diagnosis, you know, we might be able to 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 raise awareness, to do something about it, and and hopefully to 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 get people back on track. Great, thank you. Tiffany, a lot of people don't think that diet and exercise are enough to get to a healthy weight. Do you agree or disagree? I 100% disagree. I believe that exercise and diet is pretty much the only way to get to a healthy weight. Um, I have watched hundreds and hundreds of people change their bodies uh, simply by changing their diet, changing their mindset, and just moving more than what they would. And so, you know, as much as I'd like to take this time to educate people, I'd rather challenge people and make this like a call to action to literally just get out and start moving your body every single day, start to eat clean, start to eat whole foods, start to stay away from processed foods, and just watch your body change. And therein lies the truth, you know, versus me telling you all the facts that are out there because you can read those all over the place. But if you actually put those things into action and start moving your body, eating, drinking lots of water, eating healthy foods, you'll just see your body transform, you know, over time and and just know that it does take time, that it can't happen overnight, but not to give up on yourself because you deserve to live a happy, vibrant, healthy, you know, sexy life. I love it. All right, Neva White, what do you want to say about Diabetes being, I mean, obesity being classified a a disease. Well, Max, I was reading today an article called, uh, the title of it is Don't Call Obesity a Disease, and it was written by Dr. Katz from Yale University. And one of the things he said, he, he goes back and forth with this whole idea of whether or not obesity should be called a disease, but there were some very interesting points that he made, and one was that by calling obesity a disease, we would hope that it would get respect because he said that diseases tend to get respect once they're labeled as diseases. The other thing that he talked about is that now that we're calling obesity a disease, does that mean now that our treatment would be more um, pharmacology, procedure, surgery, when he suggests it's more of a feet and fork issue? which I thought was very interesting. I love feet so, and fork. So, feet and fork. Yeah, feet meaning getting more exercise and fork, you know, kind of looking at what we eat. So I thought that was an interesting way to think about obesity. The other thing I wanted to say that hopefully by making, 
by, you know, putting the disease label on obesity, we can really bring some attention to social responsibility and, you know, all this aggressive food marketing, particularly for those things that are, you know, empty calories, high-fat kinds of foods that are really unhealthy. So perhaps it would in some way affect, um, you know, that that area, marketing and, and uh, those companies that are actually putting out putting out some of this food. Great job, Angels. But guess what? I have a surprise for you and everyone out there listening. If you're struggling with your uh, weight or even the idea of putting on a swimsuit, I've got diva inspiration for you for my four-year anniversary. I've known this gentleman for several years, and recently I saw him and I barely recognized him. I want to bring on a a friend of mine, Matthew Kirkwood, who is going to share his amazing weight loss story with us and show us that anyone out there listening, it can be done. Hello, Matthew. Hey, how are you? We're all dying to hear about your your weight loss story. Tell us a little bit about how you did it. Well, you know, Max, I I don't eat pork, and I I was looking at myself. One time we were at this event, and I seen this picture of me in this suit, and the suit was about, the button was about to pop off the suit jacket. And I looked at the suit in the picture, and I told everybody, I said, why nobody told me how big I was? Well, people loved me so much, and they didn't want to tell me. But I'm here to tell you that once I seen that picture, I realized, I said, you know what, it is so important for you to get this weight off, for you to be healthy. So what I did, I didn't eat pork, I, I've never ate pork in 30 years. I stopped eating um, beef. I got me a personal trainer that went to the gym with me just three days a week. I lost, in two years' time, with the first year, and then you have, I lost 180 pounds. How much? 180 pounds. Come on, people. That is amazing. 180 pounds. And this is really feet and fork like Neva, you were just saying, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I was, and just to give you a, a, a comparison, I was in the size 54 suit. My pants size was a 48. Now I'm in a size 34. So, you know, so many people out there listening, Matthew, they get stuck in a plateau or they're gaining, losing, gaining, losing the same 10, 20, 30 pounds yep. uh, over time again and again and again. What can you say to help inspire someone tonight? You know what I can tell you? First of all, this has worked work, work, work for me. I put God in my life first, then I followed my plan for exercise and everything I need to do and watch the food that I need to eat because it's so important. My doctor told me I had high blood pressure, too, I forgot to tell you guys. My, my doctor told me he'd never seen nothing like it in his life where somebody lost all his weight and everything, any illness that I had, any high blood pressure, everything aligned up, I am, I am free. I have no illnesses, none whatsoever now. So, so what swimsuit are you wearing? What swimsuit are you wearing to the beach now? I am wearing this little Spiegel's little uh, <laughs> bikini thing, and I've never worn that a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never worn a day in my life. So I am just overjoyed, and I'm just telling people, you know, it, it can be a little struggle trying to lose the weight, but go out there and do it because you will enjoy your life. You will love yourself more. You will love the way you look more. You will be shocked at the things you can do. Um, it just blew my mind. So I'm just, like, overjoyed, and I'm just kind of screaming out from the top of the mountain to tell everybody, you know, try to get yourself in good shape because guess what? Those who are not in those bathing suits, if you work hard, you could be in a bathing suit right now too. And, Tiffany, you know, you're hearing this story about Matthew Kirkwood and his amazing 180-pound weight loss. A lot of people out there are burned out, bored with their workouts. What, what can you offer for great summer workout tips? 
You know, it's so funny because when it gets warm outside, all I want to do is be outside. And so I tell all of my clients to, you know, grab their friends, go for a long walk, go for a run, hop in the pool, go swimming because it's low impact on the body, um, anything outdoor, hiking, biking, uh, sports, just getting your body moving. A lot of my friends now are getting into dance, like Zumba, and so I found that there are just so many different ways to move our bodies. We just have to get out there and do it, grab a friend, grab your husband, grab your wife, and just kind of pull everyone in, you know? And, Kathy Gold, we just heard how Matthew, you know, lost a lot of this weight by avoiding some red meat. There's just been a recent study about linking red meat and uh, type 2 diabetes, I believe. What do you, have you worked with anyone around uh, cutting down their, their portions of meat or eliminating completely from their diet? Well, I think that we know that all the diabetes puts you at higher risk for heart disease. So, you know, we always caution people to really watch the portion size of red meat. You don't want to do that very often. Uh, you know, more like fish, chicken, uh, you know, uh, more whole grains, vegetables, fruits. Those are going to be much healthier for for us than any kind of red meat. So, yes, and, and you know, also red meat has fat, and fat has about twice the amount of calories than, you know, vegetables or fruits do. So that's a, an excellent way to lose weight is to cut back the calories. And I just want to tell everyone again, on our fourth year anniversary, Diva Talk Radio, we're celebrating one dude for an incredible inspirational weight loss. Kathy, you're going to send us your before and after photos. We're going to post them on the Divabetic blog and also get some more of your tips about how people can lose weight. But tell everyone again that, yes, they can lose weight, because I think it's empowering to hear it from you. Yes, everyone really can. As long as you could go forth and put forth the hard work, you can really lose the weight. I'm a living example of it. And when you guys see the pictures and you hear my story, I'm going to give more detail of my story, you will be amazed at the weight loss. So you can right. do it, too. Thank nice. you. Thanks for joining us. Happy anniversary. It's Diva Talk Radio time, so it's time to meet one of my favorite divas. I've known this diva for a very long time. Let's play our theme hello, music Hello, diva. Oh, hello, diva. It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. Way back when, when I started Divabetic in a meeting room at the YMCA here in New York City, this woman showed up. She's a lovely lady. I can't wait to introduce her. Please welcome to the show, Leslie from New York City. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Max. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. So inspiring to hear everyone's story. Now, tell tell us a little bit about your diagnosis to Diva's story. Um, well, it started with me having a 12-pound, 9-ounce baby, and then a year and a half later I was diagnosed with type 1 um, diabetes. And so now you've been living with type 1 diabetes for how long? Uh, 27 years. And what's it like on a day-to-day basis? On a day-to-day basis, honestly, it could be a struggle or sometimes it's smooth sailing. Uh, no two days are the same. I could wake up with really great numbers and, you know, pretty much stay that way, or I could wake up with horrible numbers and be on the um, roller coaster for the whole day and feel miserable. And today was kind of a miserable day for you, right? Uh, yeah, you called me. I had like a serious low. I miscalculated my carbs. I made a nice 
salad, um, and I really didn't have that many carbs in there, and I wasn't thinking. I gave myself way too much insulin, and I had just reprogrammed my CGM, so I didn't even know it was going low. So by the time I discovered it, it was pretty bad. Uh, Kathy Gold, I want you to tell everyone right now, best way to treat a low. Fast-acting sugars, orange juice, regular soda, about four ounces, glucose tablets, glucose gel. Um, the glucose tablets and glucose gel kind of keep people from over overcompensating and, and causing your blood sugar to go too high in response to that low. And Neva White, why shouldn't Leslie have had a chocolate candy bar tonight, today? Well, for one thing, we want to get immediate glucose into the system, so a chocolate candy bar has a lot of fat in it, so it's going to take a while for that fat to break down to get to the immediate glucose, and what usually happens is if people would eat a candy bar, it would take a while to raise their blood sugar, and then it typically will raise your blood sugar too high. Leslie Cruz, you know, you have been to many diabetic outreach programs throughout the years. It's hard to believe this is our eighth, going on our ninth year, I believe. Um, what's the whole experience of diabetic been for you? Oh, my God. It was, first of all, I didn't feel alone anymore. I met tons of women that had the same issue I do, and every diabetic is is different, and we all, you know, react and treat it differently, but I found a kinship and friendship in women that also have the same condition I have and somebody who understands how I feel that when my blood sugar is not level, that I'm cranky, you know, and it has, well, I'm cranky anyway, (laughs) but, you know, they understand, they understand. We have definitely laughed a little and learned a lot through the years together, and I just appreciate you so much for being on the show tonight and really helping us celebrate this four-year milestone. Now, you know, Leslie, that I love to play games. Oh, God, yes. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) It's time for diabetes numerology, everybody. Here's how it works. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value with a related situation. Then I'll ask you to tell us how would you deal with the situation. And finally, the angels will discuss your solution and share some tips. And Breakfast at Tiffany's tonight is going to share one more wellness tip with us. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, please keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game downloads. Leslie, how comfortable are you about getting your hair wet? Getting my hair wet? Wet, like going in the water. Oh, well, I don't have a problem with it. Oh, well, perfect, because your diabetes numerology game is loosely based on the film Million Dollar Mermaid, starring the one and only Esther Williams. Your diabetes numerology situation, you're about to compete in a swimming race when your top of, the two, of your two-piece swimsuit comes off in the water. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar value is 304. Leslie... What would you do? I would keep swimming because I know my blood sugar is going to come down, and so what if they saw my boobs? Happy <laughs> <laughs> call. Can you top that? No, that's a pretty good answer. <laughs> no, I think she's right. you got to keep, you know, keep exercising. She could probably swim back to get the bathing suit. That would give her a little bit more exercise. 
Uh, Neva White, are there any insulin pumps that are waterproof? Uh, yes, there are insulin pumps that are waterproof, and I want to say I think it's the um, uh, I can't think of the name of the pump right now, but they do have a, a insulin pump that is waterproof. Uh, amethyst or something like that. I, I'm not that familiar with pumps, but I know they do have one that is waterproof. Maybe more than one at this time. And breakfast at Tiffany's, I know you don't think any kind of uh, constraining garment should stop you from moving. So what do you want to add to a summer wellness tip for all of us tonight? <laughs> Will you repeat that for me so I can laugh at it? What did you say? <laughs> I said I know you don't think anything should restrict us when it comes to clothing when we're moving. So in 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 lieu of our topless swimmer out there, what, what kind of wellness tip would you like to give everybody? I say move your body as much as you can, eat as clean as clean as you can, drink as much water as possible, and wear the clothes that feel most comfortable to you, and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. You are beautiful as you are. Oh, Max. Yeah. Oh, Max, it's Neva. I kind of looked up real quick uh, the waterproof insulin pump, and the Omnipod, which I totally forgot about, is, is one that's waterproof. So is the Mini Med, and they also have a Medtronic waterproof insulin pump. And I'll be posting more of that on the Diabetic Log. Thank you for sharing that. Leslie, for playing Diabetes Numerology Game tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a Cabot cheese gift basket, a healthy chocolate basket from Lily at www.simple-approach-2-healthy-living.com, a Level Foods gift basket containing delicious-tasting glucose gel that will raise your blood sugar twice as fast as juice and half the calories of soda to help you stay happy and healthy all summer long. What do you think? I love that. And, you know, thanks to you, I've bought some Level um, Glucose, um, wait, wait, hold on, what are they called? Gels. I like them because I can't stand the tablets. Awesome. Great. We love that. All right, everybody. Guess what? we got time for one more diva. Please welcome to the show the one and only Mama Rose Marie. Hello, Mama Rose. Hello, Mr. Diva Babic. It's nice to be with you on this summer evening. I hear you've got a water, uh, a water tip based on Esther Williams. Can you share it with us? Yeah, I sure do. Well, you know that summer is the perfect time to go outside and have fun. I'd like to encourage everyone to exercise smart by staying hydrated. Dehydration can be severe if not caught in time. It can lead to potentially serious health problems. The general rule of thumb is to drink a glass or two of water before you go out. Carry a bottle of water with you. Take a drink every 15 minutes, whether you're thirsty or not. And when you're done with your workout, have a few more glasses of water. This is how you would keep dehydrated. So uh, this is my tip for the month of July, and I'm wishing everybody ciao for now. All right. Well, Mama Rose, before you go, you know, we were talking about some of our favorite things. Brenda Novak earlier shared some of her favorite books. I'm wondering if you have three favorite games you'd like to play during the summertime. Oh, I, I certainly do. I love to play games. Um, you want three All right, of them. So give us, let's gonna... go with number three. Number three? On my list is cornball. It's a fun outside game. 
down here in the south, we play it at tailgate parties, or you could play it at picnics. And I've even seen it playing on the beach. Number two. Number two yeah, game would be an inside game, or under the umbrella if you're at the beach. And that is playing cards. It's so social. My favorite card game is bridge. It's not only a social game, but it's also a mind-challenging game. And number one for Laugh a Little, Learn a Lot, summer games that Mama Rosemarie loves to play is... Oh, I do need a drum roll for this because you'll get a kick out of it, Mr. Divabetic. My favorite is charades. You may not want to play that on the beach because you might look a little funny doing the charades, but you can play it on the porch or on the patio. That's a fun game, and it's always good for a few laughs. I love it. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And for being a part of the show, you've been the one returning guest year after year after year, and I so appreciate having you help inspire, encourage, and motivate all of us to don't get down, get diva. I want to thank all my guests tonight. Kathy Gold, I'm going to see you at Labor Day weekend. What's coming up in D.C.? Anything? Uh, Not much that I'm known of right now. It's kind of hot here, so people try to leave. (laughs) Neva White, the leader of the Diva Better Club in Philadelphia. What do we have coming up this fall? Our main event, we have our diabetic main event, Victory Over Diabetes. We're partnering with the American Diabetes Association, sponsored by Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. It's going to be Saturday, November 16th from 11 to 4. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Tiffany Savion, tell us all about your site one more time. I am here to inspire and motivate everyone to live their lives happily and blissfully in health and know that you are beautiful as you are, and keep pressing on through everything. You can do anything you want to. Just put your mind to it. All right. And, Leslie Cruz, before we get to you, I just want to tell everyone listening, visit DivaBetic's Facebook fan page and group pages and check out all my videos on Mr. DivaBetic's YouTube channel. Leslie, what did you think of the show? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, again, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. And remember, everybody, I got back into my swimsuit. You can, too. Don't let negative uh, ideas in your head stop you from enjoying the, the, enjoying the pleasures of life. If you love to swim as much as I do, go back in the water. Now, remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and healthy together. I'd like to thank all my guests, and thank you once again for listening. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Honey, love is pumped and gone, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby?